A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, for the new year, we'll be debuting a new format with even more audience questions and issues from the internet. But first, Time for a daily stand-up. I'd like to say I'm ready, Frank, but your curse is too strong, and I'm sick again. Again. For the second time. Like, I was, like, I was, I was okay Christmas Day. Like, I didn't feel like complete ass Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve, I felt like, uh, I felt like ass, and then Christmas after, I felt like ass. Uh, so yeah, this has been the longest, uh, nearly contiguous sickness that I've had in a long time. And I hate it. And I hate you, Frank. How did you feel uh, on Christmas, Adam? What is Christmas, Adam? Christmas, Adam oh. is right before <sighs> Christmas Eve. Is, is that really a thing or? Yeah. Comes before I Christmas didn't... Eve and is generally unsatisfying. <laughs> I was about to say there's some parallels that I think we could draw, and that makes sense. Uh, no, on Christmas, Adam, I, I felt terrible, and uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to hold it together. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> well, at least I gave you Christmas off. I mean, I'm not a complete yeah. monster. I mean that that was nice, but you know. It wasn't enough. Like, and what's, what's so shitty is I took off, like, I, I was supposed to be off for like 12 days. And for 11 and a half of those 12 days, I will be completely and utterly sick. And uh, your curses are too strong, Frank. I should have known. I, I mean, really, this is my fault. Like, I knew that your curses were going to be strong. Um, I just discounted them a little bit. And I went ahead and made my, my jolly plans to, to frolic like I normally do. And I should have known to to just go ahead and uh, plan my sick days from frolicking. See, and I've been hale and healthy as a horse ever since I got over that bout of food poisoning before Christmas. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I am starting to see like some of the value in maybe not necessarily licking doorknobs on the way to Christmas dinner, but licking doorknobs like a couple weeks before. And just like getting it all, like just getting whatever foul, like putrescence is making its rounds, uh, just get it all in one. Like, cause, cause yeah. that's my problem is that I got like a very particular putrescence and, uh, this, the second round is a different version of the putrescence. Um, I should have just got it all in one, like <laughs> one good swill. That's it. And, you get uh, the typhoid whooping shits and then you're good to go. <laughs> Oh God. Um, 
now I know what to do for next year. Uh, and and we we have I know we already had our retrospective last week, um, but this is part of my own personal like <laughs> uh, health and safety uh, retrospective for 2019. So yeah, I think we can make it work. But it's a new year, Derek, and it's new things. And I am going to be a YouTube star. That sounds fantastic. Yep. I, sort uh, of. <laughs> I just recorded my first video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is... And, it, and you can post it on YouTube. Uh, I figured your first video you recorded, you'd probably have to resort to, like, Pornhub or something. I mean, I'm going to post it there, too. You never know what people are into, man. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to appeal to somebody on that level. It's, uh... so <laughs> Everything is somebody something. A while back, we had been shipped a very nice care package from Ohio containing Ohio foods. I do remember that uh, from the wonderful Chad and Jen Fackler. Um, I was... I, I think almost immediately after they sent that package, I started to get deathly ill. Um, no, I think you got you got sick first. Yeah, I got sick I first, got sick. and then you got sick, and we had to put a bunch then of it I in the freezer again. so that we could keep it uh, fresh. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's bad when like a, a lovely uh, a lovely listener sends us something that is nigh unperishable, and I. I I kick the can down the road until it almost perishes, and I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> yeah, I think at, at, toward the end, we just decided, like, this had to happen however it could happen, so I did it myself, being as Derek had the plague, and I didn't want to get the plague. Which was a wise choice. Like, uh, if, I had, if I had known which box to check, I would have checked the, the non-plague box, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, it's a little tiny box on the back in small print. <laughs> and it and it's opt out. Like they, you know, it's it, if you don't say that you don't want it, you're going to get it. And Exactly. I didn't read carefully enough. I should have known. Read the fine print. I would not like to receive free email and plague. <sighs> but now now I've got to edit the first video I've shot and it's going to be a hot mess. It is I'm not photogenic. <laughs> Why the fuck do you, do you think we started with a podcast? I, <laughs> yeah, I've got a face for radio and I think this is going to to definitely demonstrate it. But I didn't I didn't want the food to like just, you know, like yeah, we like the food, you know, like Eh, it was it was a really nice gesture, and so I wanted to do something special for it. And so I tried each individual thing. And uh, Derek, I've eaten a lot of sausage today. It was a sausage uh-huh. fest. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like fun, and it is. And I am so sad that I wasn't there um, to celebrate your first—not probably not your first, but your first sausage fest on camera. Yeah, my first on-camera sausage party is that's what this is. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to save like the actual content so everybody can see it uh for themselves when I release it to the internet and make even more bad choices and have regrets <laughs> for having done mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. But um it it was I have not done this before and so setting everything up was a lot more difficult than i thought it was going to be 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, all kinds of assholes make videos on the internet. How hard could this be? And then it's just <laughs> smash cut to five hours later. And I'm just like, God, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, I mean, there's so many tiny things that make a big difference with video. And I mean, I am I am by no means a... Uh, a video professional, quite the opposite. Um, I've, I've done enough reading to kind of know a little bit about some things about how to, how to do videos and it's all just enough to be worthless. And, and like, like the lighting and the, the sound and everything that, that like it's meant to, to be done in such a way that you don't notice that anything high quality has been done. You just, it just exists. And that makes the, the video high quality. Um, not whereas, here, Derek. You know, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, like there's so much work that goes into it that it feels like it's natural, but it is anything but. And uh, yeah, I, I know that we talked about it quite a bit. And, uh, and, and the thing is, like, we didn't necessarily want to like invest like a, a just a shit ton of money in, on this just because we, you know, we haven't, we don't really have an intention of being YouTube stars by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think, uh, Podcast chumps is probably our lot in life for the most part. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think anybody's going to be too. I am not PewDiePie or Ninja or I. I don't yeah. know who the popular people are on the on the. Yeah, I'll video. say you better not pull a fucking PewDiePie on our podcast. That's that's no bueno, my friend. Um, but and another cool. thing. <laughs> no, that that would be no good. Um, but no, like like there we have no intentions of being YouTube stars, but you know, it'd be nice to have like some, like, uh, you know, some video style things, things in different mediums that we don't normally do, um, just to kind of add some, um, some breadth, uh, to the, to the show. And, you know, I think that, I think that it will be fun once we get a little bit better at doing things and, and, you know, have some more, have some more equipment. Um, cause like <laughs> shooting on a cell phone, is not ideal, even though the cell phone video is much better than it used to be. It's still, you know, comparatively speaking, still a cell phone video. Um, so there's there's a a ceiling to how good some of that can be. I don't know, Derek. Uh, this was high def enough that I I'm not comfortable with it. You can see too much. <laughs> I can can see too much. You can see the haunting of you know reflected in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that that may be a slight problem but yeah i'm gonna it's gonna take me a little while to edit this together i've got um you know some video i've got the audio of course i fucked the audio up but luckily i recorded the audio in three different mediums <laughs> so when people <laughs> listen to the audio and they're like my god this is shit Know that it is shit with so much effort behind it. <laughs> uh, it is it is shit that could have been way worse. It could have been. I, I think that would have been a, a weird and charming experience if it had turned out that we lost all the audio and it was basically a silent film of you stuffing your face with sausages. When I, mean, when I saw what happened, because I'm <laughs> mic'd, but then I fucked up the mic itself. And lost power to it. And had I lost all the audio, as opposed to I have I have two other microphones set up uh, along with the lav, 
and I lost the lav audio, but I've got like the the room audio, which is not going to be you know as crisp, right? But when I saw that, I went, "Well, this may end up being a silent film, and I'm I may end up having to cut it together with little uh, cards." <laughs> I mean, it worked for Buster Keaton. I mean, you know, yeah, he did okay. <laughs> oh God, I can just see that now. It, it's it's so funny because it'd be like a complete like. Uh, in all respects, like a complete switch from what we normally do. Normally it's all audio, no video, and that would have been all video, no audio. Honestly, I'm, uh, I'm now disappointed that it didn't turn out like that. Uh, I'd prefer you just like, just, just wipe the, the entirety of this bit and, and then delete the audio and then, you know, <laughs> actually make it a silent film. I'll go back. I think that would be. I mean, without the audio, I guess it does look like that I'm pantomiming a deep cry if you can't actually hear me weeping over the sausage. (laughs) Weeping from beauty or weeping from sadness? There's there's one in there that honestly I was not expecting to be as good as it was. Mm -hmm. And like there, there is an outtake that probably won't make it in. (laughs) <laughs> but I like, I ate the sample cause I'm, I'm sampling all the stuff and I ate the sample and I'm like, Oh, that's surprisingly good. And then I'm like, all right, cut on that one. And then I looked at the rest of it and went. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of those magic cuts where it's like the first one, there's a, there's a bite gone. And then it just like, kind of like bloop, and disappears. <laughs> exactly. Nice. And I've just got the greasy face. Yeah. All right. So now I'm 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 disappointed that I wasn't able to share that in you. In you? That's the wrong phrasing. Uh, share that with you. There we go. Um But no, I, I will uh I will sample the sausages uh and and such things on my own. And I will know that whatever Frank says, unless he says he doesn't like something, is also what I am saying internally. It's the best we can do. I'm sick. What do you want from me? <laughs> I, I almost, and and it just didn't come together. I was going to put a little cardboard cut out of you next to me, Derek. Uh-huh. And then I was going to lovingly feed it pieces of things through a hole in its mouth. That would have been very charming. A little creepy, but very charming. Yeah. My only concern is that where would you find enough cardboard? That's that's really the biggest problem. Unless it was like a chibi cutout of me. It's after um, Christmas then, and I got Amazon Prime, baby. So you officially have like 1,500 square feet of corrugated uh, cardboard. Yeah. I, I mean, I could make both of us in life-size models out of cardboard. And that is legitimately saying something. Not bad. <laughs> Want to get to an audience question? Yes. Yes, I do, Frank. Why is it between Christmas and New Year, almost nobody is in the office, and so nothing can really get done, but the company still demands everybody use vacation days to take off? I'm sitting here with nothing to do and nobody to talk to, but I don't have the vacation time to spare. What gives? Frustrated in Franklin. Yeah, that that is a... That's a kind of a shitty problem. And I, you know, 
I've, I've had multiple jobs and I've had some where this was like a significant problem. Like you didn't get much vacation days. So, um, you're not going to have like a long period for Christmas. Um, but then I worked at the university where we got, I mean, no joke. We got from like the 21st through, through, you know, January 2nd off uh, every single year. That wasn't part of your vacation. That just was a time period where the university was closed and it was fucking great. And I got spoiled as fuck because I knew that for like five years, um, every single Christmas, I was going to be off for almost two weeks. Uh, smash cut to <laughs> after leaving and going to a real job again, you know, getting to, to about the Christmas season when I would you know go on my two week long vacation. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got like three days left. I can't I, I can't do shit. Yeah, I uh, when I was working in advertising, like advertising pretty much goes dead over the same sort of time period. And so, yeah, the the company just closed down over the course right. of the, the holidays like that. And so, yeah, the same way I, I got used to after, you know, 10 years of having that time off this this time around, I decided to take uh, some of this is vacation, but I, I did go in like some sort of fool a couple of days <laughs> during the holiday right. period. And it was literally me and one other person in there. And we were just right. kind of looking at each other like, so <laughs> how was your Christmas? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's always really tough. Like, uh, it, because some people are going to have the time saved up. Like if they've been in the company for a few years and, and they have enough time saved up, like they're going to be gone leaving, you know, the newbies or the people who have not been, uh, very frugal with their time for frugal. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. If they haven't been frugal with their time. Um, it's just going to be, you know, those assholes that are left in the, in the office. So, I mean, you know, the, the couple of times when I have had to be in that situation of, um, being in the office when it's just you and like a couple other people, not trying to be too telling here, but you, you do have a little bit more leeway to kind of, uh, goof around and, and have fun with your other coworkers. I, it, you know, you know what, honestly, it felt like it felt like being in high school and being the only three kids in the class that didn't go on the field trip. Like that's uh, literally yeah. what it feels yeah. like. Because like the the teacher will roll in a one of those little shitty uh, TVs on the cart and maybe let, let you pop some popcorn as kind of like a consolation for it's like, yeah, you still had to show up. You couldn't go do the fun thing, um, but we're not going to make it as bad as normal. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Like the, the couple times that I've had to go in during the everybody else is gone period. I ain't saying I sat there with my feet up playing Candy Crush, <laughs> but I probably sat I, I, there with my feet up playing Candy Crush. Yeah. And, you know, situations like that are a little bit harder for me now uh, because I don't, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the, on the podcast, but I, I stopped playing video games um, for your personal, personal growth reasons. I um, think this is probably why you're sick, Derek. All the fun is, is gone. That? Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, it's starting to come together, Frank. <laughs> All work and no play 
makes Derek get every illness that floats by. Yeah, I don't remember getting as sick when I was playing video games. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. Maybe it didn't didn't register. Either you um, didn't care or you were stuck in the house so much because you were playing video games that you didn't have an opportunity to get out in the world and get sick. To be honest, that is probably a lot more fucking true than you think. Like <laughs> if I didn't if I didn't go outside, I wouldn't have gotten sick. I would have probably if I just locked myself in my room and played video games some more, I wouldn't have like gone to the two social engagements that probably got me sick. God, personal growth, my ass. (laughs) You're building your immune system, Derek. It had withered. It had withered during the time that you played too many video games, and now you're out there and you're getting stronger. (laughs) Uh, I mean, basically, I was like a newborn baby until the age of 30, and then I started walking outside and just every illness under the sun started attacking me. Um, not, Not the best look on me, but... uh, so I think for Frustrated and Franklin, we've, we've figured it out. You've got to level up your video game game. So my question is, uh, how far do you push it? Like, Because mobile games are fairly inconspicuous, all things considered, as long as you have your volume down. Like, uh, if like a bunch of like uh, casino-style noises are coming from your phone, chances are somebody's going to be on to you. Um, but if you, if you don't have kind of the clandestine mobile games to play, what other types of fun can you have, uh, in the office when everybody's away? Well, I mean, if everybody else is gone, fuck it, bring in that Xbox, hook it up, right? do that thing in the big conference room. If it's just you and your supervisor, this is what Minesweeper was made for. <laughs> Uh, so get out some of those classic games like solitaire or do does windows do the new windows 10 like even have solitaire on it it seems unnatural for it not to Uh, you know it's been so long since i've tried to play solitaire that it probably doesn't oh that's sad but that's okay as long as your computer has internet you can find uh, either a site to let you play solitaire or uh, a quick download on the you know the Windows Store. So get yourself some solitaire or Minesweeper or, or Free Cell if you're feeling uh, truly real card froggy. nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I have tried the you know if if everybody in the office is gone, like bring in an Xbox. This has been a long time ago. Um, but like it was just me and one of the guy and we were the only ones there. He brought in his Xbox and lo and behold, who walks in, but like the fucking VP of the department. Um, he wasn't even there that day. He just like walked in to like talk to somebody and saw us like chilling, playing Xbox. Um, and, and we'd probably only had it set up for like 30 minutes, but he probably thought that we had been playing it all fucking day. It's not a good look, Frank. Not a great look. And then Derek got a new job. I don't think it led to me leaving the job, but who knows? I don't know. Want to take an issue from the internet? Let us do that. Okay, this issue from the internet is entitled, Asking About Eating Policy During Interview by by the user, Stop Eating. Ominous. 
So they led with a TLDR that says, I want to work in a company with a strict no eating in the office policy. How can I ask about it during an interview? So I have a problem with other people eating near me when I try to focus on my work. I'm not talking about extreme cases of coarse behavior. I'm talking about otherwise well-behaving people who eat while working at their desk. The problem is, however hard you try, eating things like potato chips, nuts, or apples emits sounds and is distracting to other people sitting around you. Noise-canceling headphones won't help, and even if they did, the problem of smell would still remain. I try to be considerate towards others, and I have never done that. When I want to eat something, I always leave my office. I would be grateful if my colleagues did the same. I'm a, I am already at the point where I try to solve this at my current company, but this failed. The norm in my company is that people do eat at their desks, and as far as I know, I'm the only person having a problem with that. Hence, when I brought up a problem with my colleagues, the response is that asking them to eat outside <laughs> like a goddamn animal, sorry that was editorializing, um, is not a reasonable request. Having had my bad experiences, I'm interested in preventing this from happening in the future. I'm now in the process of applying to different jobs, uh, not only because of the problem I'm describing here, but it's definitely one of the reasons. Unfortunately, I will probably work in a shared office with one to three other people. How can I find out what is a specific company policy on eating? Isn't it a strange question to ask during an interview? It is, but I think strange question to ask during the interview is low down on this dude's problems. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, like, I was worried that you were going with, like, going to say something positive about it being a strange question. But no, like, that that is clearly his his least important problem. Yeah. If if this, this is the hill that he's going to die on, because he's not like my job sucks and I want a new job. He's like, right. I can't get these motherfuckers to stop crunching on apples the next row over. And so I'm getting a new job. Like I thought that I had experienced every kind of like work nut job that you could have. Uh this is this is like a whole new level. Like like don't get me wrong. I have um wh- whatever that that dysfunction is uh where you just hate hearing other people make noise. Like like uh, uh miso- misophonia. Um misanthropy? That too. Um I think they go hand in hand. But uh misophonia is just like where you hate to hear other people make noise. Like lots of lots of noises just just grate on your nerves. And people eating is like one of my biggest pet thieves. Like I don't want, I don't want them to be right next to me eating. But the thing is like, I know that in an office people are allowed to fucking eat. This is not like, this is not elementary school. Like you cannot tell your adult coworkers not to eat a bag of M&Ms at their desk. You just can't do it. Like it is, that is illegal. (laughs) They have a legal right to chomp them (laughs) M&Ms. And and I want to know what precious princess and the P-type ear thing he's got going on that he can't stop other people's crunching of potato chip sounds with noise-canceling headphones. Seriously. Like, I, I mean... I don't, I don't even have the most expensive noise canceling headphones. And like, if I switched on my noise canceling, uh, somebody could be chomping, you know, chips five feet away and I probably wouldn't hear them. And if I did, I just turn on something like more bassy. Like I'd, I'd flip over to some Skrillex until they finished their, their, their Fritos. Like 
you got to make some concessions, a little give, a little take. I, I mean, I, I, I can't believe he, he is literally saying like, I have never eaten in the office. Like I, I'm sure he's probably a, a junior engineer. So he probably hasn't been in, <laughs> he has not been in the field long uh, or else if he had then this, all of these types of like the world should be made for me type of things would have quickly been, been smashed out of him. But like, I cannot believe that somebody has never eaten in their office. Like, that is just wild. I have to assume also that this guy is one of the, like, he doesn't want anybody else to make any noise. And I guarantee, I guarantee that when he's got those noise canceling headphones, he's a Hummer. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would just be, that would be the icing on the cake. Um, and everybody else around him is too polite to freak out about it. Unlike him. Uh, and he, and and he can't I, handle somebody having some Reese's pieces 16 doors down. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like how good his hearing is. Like maybe I've listened to too much metal in my day. Uh, because like, I, I mean, even without noise canceling headphones and somebody's, if so, if, if a normal person is chawing on some Reese's pieces from like 30 paces, I'm probably not going to hear them. Um, but if he has that, like, super hyper aware, like prey animal hearing that can hear like a, a twig snap from 200 yards. I guess I could see this being a problem, but like, I would think that, that like typing on a keyboard would be more problematic than that. Because I know some people that type on keyboards, like, like they're mad at it. Like it's just, just hammering it. It's like, like you can tell every time they enter, they go to a new line because they just slam that inner key. Like that's, that is a more pressing problem than, you know, like you said, like three doors down, somebody chawing on a, a small bag of potato chips. I think what we've hit on is that this guy is probably so fresh and pristine that he hasn't had his ears wrecked yet. And so the prescription is in this instance, he needs to become a metalhead. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And with noise canceling headphones, like, like basically blocking out all of the other sound, uh, that is just funneling the metal directly into the eardrums. Uh, especially if they're like earbuds, like, Oh God, e- earbuds with like some, hardcore music playing on him that will destroy your hearing pretty darn quick. I think so. He's, he needs to listen to some metal over the headphones. And then he was also like, but even if I have headphones on, I'm still going to be able to smell it. So the key here is he's going to have to go on a crash diet of nothing but durian and surströming to, to get it to where like he, he has no sense of smell anymore. Exactly. Like, Where he has just got a cast iron stomach and nothing can phase him. See, okay. Now I will say, I will say this. I'm not trying to give this guy any credit. I'm just saying that I, I do understand not from the like smells are repulsive thing, but from a, uh, I'm trying to diet and I smell other people eating good things perspective. I mean, in the office that we work at, like people start eating at 9 AM and somebody is eating until like four 30. Like it's, it is nonstop. Mm. Somebody is heating up and eating food. Um, and you know, I, you know, whenever I smell good food, all I can think about is that good food. So I get that part of it. 
Um, Maybe that's it. Maybe he's one of those West Coast software development kids, and he's on he's on the Soylent or he's on the Huel, and he isn't eating anymore. He's just drinking, and so everything <laughs> is absolute torture because other people are enjoying <laughs> actual food, not nutrient paste. Right. He just can't stand that other people are enjoying. <laughs> enjoying their sustenance i mean that could totally be it like we've got got another one to get plugged back into the matrix yep um so i will say like thinking about this from the interviewer's perspective frank if if you were interviewing me for a job and i asked you like what's the policy at people eating at their desks like the the first thing that would come to mind is not Oh, here is someone who has a gigantic chip on their shoulder about people right. eating at their Absolutely desk. Absolutely not. This no. is this is somebody who's like, listen, I don't take. I lunches. eat my desk all the time. I eat at right. my desk all the time. Is that going to be a problem for anybody? Right. That would absolutely be my first instinct. And so when this guy begins having like a screaming breakdown during the interview <laughs> about how much he hates people eating at their desk, oh my god. That tells you all you need to know. Holy shit. Like, I mean, like you said, like towards the beginning, like if, if this is the hill that this guy is going to die on, that is so like that, that is such an insightful thing into their psyche. Like if this is the thing they can't let go of God damn, when they, when they get in there with normal people, like it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, we, I don't, we can't hire this guy. You're not a good fit for this organization. <laughs> yeah. That is so dumb. Like I would, I would never hire somebody that did this. Not like if it is, if it is a literal like disability thing, that's fine. We'll, we'll work with whatever. If we need to ban peanuts uh, from the office, like we'll, we'll do something. That's fine. But like if somebody just says, I don't want to hear other people eating, I'm sorry, cupcake. <laughs> now you can go work somewhere else. You can, you can, there, there's a, there's a workplace that could possibly fit you. And that is working from home <laughs> where you are uh, at at best in your mama's basement. <laughs> so working from home will work. The alternate is he needs to start his own company because when you're a worker demanding oh, that no one else eat at their desk, you're Looney Tunes. But if you're the CEO, then you're just eccentric. <sighs> I mean, I'm trying to fault the logic and I can't and it's infuriating because it is it legitimately is like his best move. Like maybe suffer with it for a few more years to get, you know, find some intellectual property to steal um and and make a killing doing it. But once he has his thing that he can make money off of, start his own company and be the eccentric guy that uh they have the weird rules about eating, about never eating food in the office. Oh no, this guy is a Bezos level monster. You know that. You can tell already. If, if this is one of his his sticking points, then this guy is going to be an absolute nightmare to work for. Absolutely. I don't know. I I, I find that that would be a that would be enough of a red flag for me to like never go anywhere near it, like not touch it with a ten foot pole. But maybe some people aren't smart enough, or not smart enough, but maybe people aren't going to see the signs. Who knows? Want to take another audience question, Derek? Hit me, Frank. I hate it when work stresses you out so hard. 
clients pointing fingers, having to defend your team's work, etc. And then your boss, once again, says, I know you're passionate, but you're being too emotional. Seriously? Should I be apathetic? It's not like I'm screaming and crying on the phone. I keep it professional, always. I may be firm, especially when defending my team or trying to change a process that's been in a circular discussion for four years. Every time I'm accused of having too many emotions. Would I be told that if I was male? Just saying. End rant. Sorry it may have contained emotions. Overworked in Overton. I'm going to start off by saying it absolutely not would not be a problem if you were male. Oh yeah, like, no, that that's 100%. When I was when I first was reading this, I was like, uh, so you're obviously a, a female person in a workplace cuz you're too passionate about stuff and that means you're emotional. <laughs> right. I have look, I have had uh, 11 years of experience in the software industry and you know it's five years of retail before that like i've been in the workforce for a long time i have had my moments where i have like pitched a fit and been irate and all that kind of stuff and literally i have never been told that i was being too emotional or had too much passion like that is not a thing <laughs> that guys are told that is a fucking dog whistle that if I've ever heard one, oh holy yeah, shit, one hundred percent. It's just yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that happens. But I I think we've hit on it, Derek. They just need to be a man. <laughs> Put on there, the Mulan a, soundtrack. I was about to say to work. we we have a documentary of uh of what you can do. Now I I will say like some of the uh, techniques may be a little outdated. I mean, when did the Mongols invade? I mean, it's been a long, long time. It's been a hot minute, yeah. But I mean, hot I, minute. Think, I think anybody can relate to taking your father's sword and cutting your hair off short. Right, right. I mean... And putting it up in a man bun. <sighs> yeah, I, I think that, that your best case scenario is to go through the, uh, the Mulan, <laughs> be a man... Uh, montage and I, I mean, come in with like a, you know, a, a, a cropped, cropped haircut, uh, maybe a fake mustache and see how it flies. Then I, I think you're, I think after the initial settlement period, I think that your, uh, <laughs> the responses will be much better. You probably will not hear, you know, or the words too passionate or too emotional. All right. So <laughs> So if if this person can't get a hold of a copy of of Mulan and I think it has to be the original DVD copy like I don't think it can be streaming I think it loses uh some of its mojo so if you can't find uh a DVD copy and a DVD player uh to watch the original Mulan montage of being a man uh what else can they do besides finding another fucking job <laughs> because they work for a misogynistic prick I think this is where we can make reverse sexism a real thing. <laughs> oh, oh, just uh, give them a dose of their own medicine. Exactly. Type of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, don't worry your sweet little head about it. You're a man. Oh, man. 
I I feel that that would be extremely effective. Uh, I don't condone rubbing a dog's nose in in their shitty and in, in the shit they've left in the carpet. Uh, but for toxic masculinity and misogynists, uh, I think it is the right thing to do. So make them. Uh, what what would be the most powerful one? <laughs> Just like mind shattering. I mean, comparison. if if someone starts back talking you, I think the can you go get some coffee for us, sweet cheeks? Oh, oh, man. Oh, that is like a slam fucking dunk. Like, oh, 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 I, I could see it now. Oh, oh, the mental images I'm getting, Frank. Oh, they're warming my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for uh, Overworked at Overton, we have just given you a beautiful piece of advice. Or, I mean, combine them both, because I imagine if you start, you know, denigrating everybody else, but you're also walking around armed to the teeth in armor with a sword. I'm not saying which one is more important. We'll leave it up to you. If you if you want to go strictly with the, the, the Mulan training montage route, uh, or the uh, calling your male co-worker sweet cheeks and darling, um, or both, it's up to you. Surprise us. Want to do an issue from the internet? All right. This issue from the internet is entitled, How Can I Set Up My Office to Discourage People from Standing Behind Me? By Lori Pedersen. Maybe a play on, on Petty. I don't know. Uh, after reading the question, I, I am positive that, that they're, it's a play on Petty. I have my office set up, so I am facing the door. There are several people who insist on walking around my desk, putting them in, in uncomfortable proximity and allowing them to hover over me. Is there a way to set up my office to discourage these people from coming around my desk? I think there must be psychological tricks I can use to make the office space less inviting to them. <laughs> so this person has an office and their desk is set up in such a way that they can see the door to their office and can see people walking in. Um, but when people walk in, they can't see what they're doing on their computer. Um, I feel that I think this is, um, what, what do they call it in like real estate law? Um, an attractive nuisance. <laughs> I think that this is, this falls under attractive nuisance. Because uh, if I walk into somebody's office and they're not making eye contact with me and I can't see their computer screen, I am very interested in what they're doing. Maybe it has nothing to do with me. Maybe I'm interrupt uh, interrupting them. But the possibility that they could be doing something scandalous, it, it it's just all consuming. I, I just don't think I could walk into somebody's office and then like walk around their desk to get behind them. Now... <laughs> When I had a desk and an office back long ago before open floor plans took uh -huh. over the planet and left it a barren wasteland. <laughs> How do you really feel, Frank? <laughs> I too was the kind of person who set their office up so that my desk was facing the door so that I could see when people walked in just because I don't like mm -hmm. having my back to a door. Sure. I mean, it's it's a it's a basic instinct of like, <laughs> Don't leave your, your most vulnerable parts uh, to unseen predators. Yeah, exactly. And so 
if if anybody did that, if anybody came into my office and then walked around to the side and there was a couple people and and the thing is, I think it's usually a power move because it was always like higher up in the organization guys who, uh-huh. who felt the need to like come in and then skirt around the side of my desk and then like lean against it on the side with me. Uh-huh. And yeah, I don't like one. It's it wasn't a very big desk, and it's like you are now in the bubble. <laughs> I, I okay. So I think that the the question here is deciding whether it is a like you said, like a power move to enter their proximity, or specifically just to see what's on their computer screen. Like that is my that is my conundrum here. Um, because for me, it's curiosity. Like, honestly, I have no interest in being like within three feet of anybody. Like that's just <laughs> on a normal day, uh, unless I'm in a hugging mood, uh, stay three feet away from me. I'll stay three feet away from you. I'm always um, in a hugging mood, Derek. That's why we work together so well. <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're the only one able to put me in a hugging mood, but like, I, like you said, like, like going behind somebody and like leaning uh, to, to set the stage, like you were describing somebody walking into an office and getting basically like behind the desk, very close to the person sitting at the desk and then leaning on the desk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a no, that's a no go. That, that is a, that is a no guy zone. See, that, and, and here's the thing, like for me, Derek, my assumption is always that if I can't see their computer monitor, it's porn. Obviously. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Like it's not that I want to go in, into the office or a coworker's cubicle and like see porn. I just want to know whether or not they are looking at porn. I, <laughs> I get that, but I don't want to know the prurient details of what my office mates are into. And that's the kind of thing that you end up finding out that you didn't want to know. And then you can't bleach your brain. You can't. That is very true. And uh, yeah, I, I will say my, that is, that is certainly something where curiosity would be overriding better judgment. Like, because yeah, sure. If they, I, I think it's that you don't expect them to be looking at porn, <laughs> but you just have to like check that they're not like, cause of how, how, Oh, how silly would it be if they were looking at porn? Uh, when all actuality, if they were actually looking at porn, um, you would instantly find out, just volumes more about that person than you knew before. That's why and I always expect it, Derek. If I expect it, then I can't be disappointed. <laughs> and I think it also would like kind of tamp down your curiosity to see what it is. Because if you, if you assume that it's always porn, um, there's pretty much nothing more like interesting. It could be. So you might as well not even check. But I think, I think for this person, the solution is you have to dig a trench and then you line the trench with five and a half foot long sharpened wooden stakes. Okay. And that will give people the point. But I'm so my, my, my only concern with that is that, you know, you'd have to dig the trench, you know, five, five and a half feet down and if you're on a second story, you're already kind of into, uh, you're probably into the, the first floor territory. Um, 
But then again, maybe that's a positive thing because then instead of falling into the spikes, they would fall into the floor below. I like it. Pit <laughs> traps essence, are good. It's still a trap. Right. Like, yeah. I, yeah. We can say carte blanche, pit traps, absolutely on the table. Because cause that one, then you, you become known. Like the first person who drops down into <coughs> the pool of piranha that you put on the first floor. And it's like, I get it. I'm sorry, accounting. You guys didn't necessarily <laughs> want a pool filled with ravenous piranha in the middle of your sure. department. But I don't think anybody does. Sacrifices have to be made. Absolutely. And then the first person to come in and walk across the shoddily constructed uh, pit trap mechanism that's just got a rug thrown over it. <laughs> and they fall down a into nice, the pool. Right. Then everybody will know not to come around your desk. I mean, I, I'm I'm having trouble thinking of anything else uh, that would be more effective that is not pit-based as well. Um, I, I do think the piranha specifically has problems because then you have to like you either have to have a lot of really curious uh co-workers that will keep them fed or you have to have like a you know some line item in your budget to feed the piranhas um either one works that's fine um, i think both of them are fairly expensive in the long run but <laughs> you either have to buy like one like ox a week or uh <laughs> hire a new intern every week to keep it a little less violent, maybe you just keep that, you know, packed with tilapia or something. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the effect is still there. If somebody fell into a, a tank full of fish water, I think that's enough of a deterrent. Like, they don't necessarily have to be consumed. So, I think you're right. Uh, we can do some sort of non-carnivorous fish. But yeah, I, I think that, I think that honestly, if you like set up some sort of uh, system of walls or maybe like a maze or something, um, oh, that that's what you can do. You set up a system, a system of maze of a maze that is uh, of like clear polyurethane. So essentially, like it's a, you know, let's say there's ten feet between you and the door. And, you know, there's a, there's a maze that you've created that they can't really like see the walls of it, but they can still see you. So like they can do that awkward shuffle of trying to complete the maze and get around to your desk. Um, but it's going to be really awkward for them to, to do it. Like it's going to take them like 10, 11 minutes, uh, to get all the way through that polyurethane maze. Is polyurethane the word I'm looking for? I nope. feel like that's wrong. Yeah, polyurethane is uh, the clear coating you put over wood. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was right. Polycarbonate. It, it sounded... Is it polycarbonate? Whatever. Clear plastic. Clear clear plastic that is hard. Um, whatever. Uh, so you have that up, and basically they'll have to go through the maze, and you can see it the whole time. Um, it'll be much easier for them to just like, kind of pop in, say what they want to say, and bypass the maze. So this works best, especially if you're the bullheaded monster of Minos. <laughs> uh, I, you know that that's starting to make a lot of sense now. Like he wasn't trying to like 
it wasn't really a trap or anything like that. He just really wanted to be left alone. Yeah, I mean, he was he was trying to watch porn at work, and <laughs> he just it, he had to keep making it more and more elaborate. Wow. Yeah. By the end of it, I, I'd say he might have it might have been a little bit of overkill, but you know, I I get it. Oh my god. Want to punch the clock, Derek? Yeah, I was trying to make some sort of like portmanteau of like reference him to being a minotaur watching porn something based on like a horn or something but it wasn't coming together i'm too sick for that so i guess we can punch the clock all right questions we need you guys to keep them coming uh any funny work or life questions that you can think of please send them to us uh and now we need them more than ever because now we're doing uh two per episode so as always, if you can think of any any funny work or life questions, send them to questions at WLICast.com. Make sure to swing by WLICast.com to check out the links to all of our social media, our Patreon, our merch store, and any anything else you can think of that is work-life imbalance related. Uh, to all of our wonderful patrons on Patreon, thank you for being a part of the team and supporting us. Uh, to our listeners who aren't supporting us on Patreon, uh, consider doing so, as it will help us do more and do better. Uh, plus, you get some c- cool perks like some swag bags, shout-outs, and t-shirts. And guys, do us a solid and tell someone you know about the show. Getting more listeners and growing our reach will only mean good things for the show and spread the word. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. Yeah, we don't want you to blow a vocal cord, Derek. Just No, I'll, I'll save that for my uh, metal screaming experiments. That's why you're really all hoarse. You keep trying to say that you're sick, but I know. You've just been out at the metal shows. If only. I mean, maybe I got sick at the metal shows. I don't know. Those those scene kids do look pretty sticky and gross, to be honest. <laughs> scene kids are pretty sticky. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>